Good evening. Today is Monday, October 9th, and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the relationship chapters, two wives, employers, and the family afterward. Uh, and our speaker tonight is Lynn Kay. Thanks, Lynn. Take it away. Thank you very much, Meredith, for inviting me. Thank you to the group for your service, for being here, and for allowing me to share tonight. Um, I'll start just with a little bit. I don't want to get um, carried away with my past, but as far as my dates, my my first um, OA meeting was August 6, 1986. And we had that little for today book that we always used back then. And it says, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And um, I was out of my mind, not only with food, with binging, with trying to learn how to purge, with all these other things, I was really a wild child. Um, and I'm not going to um get into it but um also because of these chapters i will say and they are a lot of the foundation for al-anon i did also join al-anon in may of 1987. um I've, i had a couple of long periods of abstinence but then prior to this abstinence i had a six-year relapse and I really believe that my problem was that I was not entrenched in steps 10 and 11. I did 12 and I did the other steps, but I did not, it was not entrenched in the growth step. Um, I don't know if I didn't know, I didn't understand, but whatever, I'm convinced that that was the case. And, um, you know, what brings me here is, is that that's where these, uh, chapters fall. Uh, we've been through the steps. Uh, we've basically put ourselves, our lives in order. Uh, hopefully we're working with others. Uh, and we're working step 10 and 11 on a regular basis. And we kind of look around and, uh, we see the wreckage of our past. And we have all kinds of difficulties with our relations, friends, and jobs. Um, I was an awful employee until my very last job, which was my best job. Uh, I was a problem employee. They liked me well enough, but I was always a problem. There was always some kind of difficulty with, with, you know, and, um, so, um, Bill uh, describes these, what will happen in step 10 and 11 to our relationships. On page 8 in the big book, he says, we will know a new happiness, peace, usefulness, and a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And this has been my experience. Um, one thing about these chapters, I'm not going to go into them in detail. 
I appreciate that they've been labeled the relationship chapters, but over and over again, it stresses that patience, tolerance, understanding, and love is what we are going to apply to family, friends, and work. Um, and also in that chapter, something that I learned through many spiritual readings, I do a lot of that, uh, he says, we never try to arrange a man's life, another person's life. I have read repeatedly, never interfere with the path of another human being. And I have made this, I don't need to direct them. And in fact, I, I don't want to direct them. So um, let's see what to talk about first, my family. So uh, when I came into the rooms, I was a single mom. I was divorced out of the alcoholic marriage with a child that was, my baby was old, between 18 months and two years old. And um, I was an alcoholic. I had problems with food first, food first, alcohol, drugs, anything I could get my hands on, all kinds of pain relievers, whatever I could get. So I really came into the rooms as a as a, as a mad woman, and I also had a very uh, I don't know I just call it a very disconnected family. So I didn't really get raised in any kind of relationship experience. So I was really raised in the rooms. Uh, my sponsors raised me, you know, right down to you know one of my sponsors saying, you know, when you come to the meeting next week, I want you to. You know, comb your hair and put on some lipstick. You know, like I was a wreck. And um, over time, um, it's a long gap ahead, but I kind of summed it up. I, I had a job, but I was always a problem for one reason or another. I had problems in my relationships. I had very found very difficult relationships and brought them into my own life and created jeopardy from my daughter and myself. But all the way through, I stayed in the rooms and the people in the rooms were amazing to me. Um, let's see, i got to watch my time because I can really go off on a tangent. But um, phenomenal people. I mean, even bringing money to me when I got in trouble with someone and my bank accounts were locked down. Someone in the rooms brought me some money to hold me over. And this was a lady that I really didn't like that much. So, you know, and she showed up and, and let me to get by. So, I mean, that's what I mean by say people were phenomenal. And I had, you know, God bless each and one of my, uh, every one of my sponsors who brought me through and over time, I began to learn. And I guess I'm not really sure how to get into this, but I'm just going to use uh, one thing here that helped me a great deal. In page uh, 418, everybody knows this chapter, the acceptance chapter, but after that, after that acceptance thing, it has relationship advice here. He says, AA had given me a new pair of glasses. 
Max and I had been married now for 30 years. Uh, prior to our marriage, I was able to see things in her other things couldn't see, like beauty, gaiety, charm, for being easy to talk to. It was as if I had, rather than a Midas touch, which turned everything to gold, a magnifying mind that magnified whatever I focused it on. Max and her good qualities grew and grew. Farther on, instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. The more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. Then one day I was told I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. A has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow and grow. And this I have learned to do in every single one of my relationships, whether it's work, whether it is with, I, I said I was a single mom. Well, I eventually married a wonderful, wonderful, kind man, and he brought me four more children. <laughs> and um, it was challenging, but I did that. On each child, I focused on their very, very best qualities. I focused on my husband's very best qualities. Another thing I had to learn about relationships is the closer I get to people, the more I know their Achilles heel. And if I really love them, I never go after that Achilles heel. I protect it. And I shield it because I love them. So fast forward. So I go on. I, I have uh, the three of the four stepchildren. I have a great relationship with. I love them. I focus on their wonderful things. Something I learned as a mom of adult children is I really must stick to the positives in their lives. I no longer have the right to offer them unsolicited advice. Um, they're adults. They're leading their own lives. And unless I'm specifically asked, I do not say anything. I say positives. They're building their lives. And I think to myself, what, they should get advice from me? I would never want them to have an, a life like mine. I would never want them to go through things I went through. So let them find their own way. And God forbid they should take advice from me and then something doesn't work out. I just, I don't want to get in the way of their life. And I've had some, there's been some rough things. And I also... I watch my my one blood daughter. I watch my two granddaughters uh, two days a week, and I've been doing that for eight and a half years. And how do I function in her home? Well, I used to have a rule. The rule was my house, my rule. Well, now it's her house and her rules. And I abide by that. I say, they're not my children. This is not my husband. This is not my home. It's not my marriage. So I have two choices. Zip it 
or don't go over there. Those are my choices. I'm there to be helpful, to help her specifically with what she wants me to do with her, uh, with and for her children, who I, you know, my granddaughters, I love and adore, but this is her life and her children. And I'm not saying she doesn't have any problems. Uh, some very, very similar to mine. Um, someone said to me one time, they said I should talk to her. I said, what would I say? What, that you have a problem with your weight? You think a person who has a problem with their weight doesn't know? I mean, what would I say? I took her to meetings with me for probably almost 10 solid years. We had babysitters and sometimes then some of those meetings. She knows all about the program. Everybody remembers her being there. Doesn't need to be told anything. And, um, but I mean, even down to the point where I get sheets, if I'm taking the children somewhere and she goes, well, this is the way I go. That's the way I drive there. These are her children. I love them desperately, but I do what she wants. Not that I never mess up. And what do I do when I mess up? I'm actively working my 10 and 11. I apologize. And I am kind of like a, a helping up with my food and things like that. And I guess I had the kids a couple of weeks ago and told them that all the food in, um, we have Wawa here, you know, like 7-Eleven. And uh, I guess I must have told them that it was all junk food there anyway. And that was why I wasn't buying them anything there. I was there to pick up a sandwich for them. Oh, like a week later, she says, you know, Ma, don't say that stuff to them about all the junk food. They repeat that to our neighbors and our friends, and it just gets weird. Don't say that. And I didn't say anything, but the next day, I apologized. It's not my place. She's in charge of the children. She's in charge of what they where, what they eat and where they go, not me. And um, as far as my relationship with my husband, I, again, and you're going to laugh at me. This guy is so kind that sometimes he drives me crazy. Everybody should have this problem, right? But he, and he's kind in a way that he's kind like what I want to be kind. He lives it from the heart. He just is. You don't need to think about it. He just does it. He acts it. He is it. And so it can be so kind and patient with me that she's helped me phenomenally over these 21 years. Um, but you know, I came from the, yeah, let's, let's get going. Let's get snappy. Let's move to it. He's gentle. He's methodical. He's peaceful. And, uh, we have a lot of fun, but, um, you know, so I focus on that about how fortunate I am, how grateful I am every day. My gratitude that always do on awakening in the morning. And I am grateful for my situation and the life that I've come out of and the life that I live in, in with these uh, relationships. And especially for him. And you know, it took 21 years, I think, for enough of that kindness to soak into me because I, I did not know anything of it, not like this. And so much respect for me. 
and I try to, like I said, I have to work. Um, and um, so that's a wonderful relationship in my life. And I have a lot of love from my stepdaughters, and they express it. And we have a stepson who lives down in uh, Jacksonville, and I have a great relationship with him. And he shows a lot of appreciation for, for who I am and the way I treat him. And um, I express a lot of excitement over their accomplishments um, and their gains, which are always, when there's many of them. Um, and last, I'd like to say about work, you do, I mean, the, the what's in these chapters, so much compassion and love for the alcoholic, so much kindness in these chapters that, you know, Bill wanted to see everyone, every alcoholic greeted and treated this way. And I will say that in the state of New Jersey, an active alcoholic in the fields that I came from we don't let them go anymore. They get definitely get offered the opportunity to recover, and the uh, institutions pay those bills and participate in the program and offer them the chance to recover. Um, but I was always saying, you know, in my job, you know, I always thought that I ran the place. I thought I ran the show. I thought I made the world. Yeah, I worked all my life. I've been on the books since I'm 15 years old. And I thought I ran the show. It wasn't until this last job that I realized that I work for them. I do the job that I've been assigned. And they cut me a check. And that's how it works. I work for them and they pay. Well, I didn't know that. And, um, you know, it made me a very good employee, uh, you know. I'm walking in one time, we stepped apart, like three parking lots out, and someone ran into me. I passed a doctor's building, a doctor's office building, and my friend said to me, she says, are you walking in from all the way out there? Like, out there? Two and minutes. I'm like, yes. I'm, okay, thank you. I'm like, yes, that's where we parked. She was like, wow, you're a good employee. I'm like, yeah, that's where they assign us to park, so that's where I parked my car. You know, I don't sneak in and go up on the roof, you know, like everybody else. So, um, not like everybody else, but some other people. So I'm just saying, and that freedom allowed me to work my job with passion. I focused on my work. When I, when other people started creeping in, I used to say to myself, put your head down and do your job. Don't worry about that. I also had a God box in my office from my work God box. And I use that. And I use the 10th step. And the final thing I'd like to say is that when I feel like I'm at odds with someone, one thing that will really help me is to try to find one common thread with that person. One common thread. And everything will ease off for me. I must have something in common with this person. And those would be very funny stories sometimes. But um, I promise that it works very well. Um, maybe you've done it, it, it you know, at a meeting. Um, 
Have I ever done that? Have I ever thought that way? Have I ever felt that way? That kind of a thread or some other various kinds of thread. But even like perhaps with a new person at work, have I ever been new? Have I ever been in need of a friend? Has anyone ever offered me help? And so I would help them. So um, anyway, that's what the program has done for my uh, relationships in 20 minutes. Um, uh, in my life, I hope I've summed it up. And um, yeah, I'm going to close. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lynn. Thanks for sharing with us tonight. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, uh, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. I, I will call the raise hands in order and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. No hands flying up. Um, I'm happy to share. So um, I, uh, my son is home from his first semester at college for he's on fall break and anticipating him coming home. Um, I just wanted to remember zip it. You know, I, I tend to always, you know, I say I could walk into a party where people are joyful and laughing and celebrating and I'll notice the crooked picture on the wall. It's just, just a gift of mine, <laughs> just a gift that I have. Um, so it takes a lot of effort to, I just know what a drag that is. And the only way that I could even see it was through this program. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, also, you said you were raised in the rooms and that, um, I feel like that's true for me. I, I grew up here and when I have flashbacks of some awful behavior that I've done in the past, um, I mean, I just remember that feeling of self-righteousness. Like I, I couldn't see that I was the wrong one. I was so sure that I, I knew the way things should be going and everybody should, you know, fall in line with my thinking. And, um, this has really just opened my mind and heart and ears I do a lot more listening now than, than I ever did. And I hope um, I just continue to grow in that regard. Um, 
I like that you, oh, overall in all of the relationships that you address, you really um, focused on principles over personalities. That has to be at play for me. Um, well, really everywhere, but uh, especially in the workplace. Um, and I even found there, um, there was a person who for years had just vexed me just every time all I had to do was lay eyes on him. Or if I could, if I just heard him talking, my eyes would roll back in my head. And I actually spent, um, a pleasant, we, we had, a. Um, um, celebration for someone's birthday at lunch on Friday, last Friday. And I had lightened up much to my surprise. Thank you. Um, so it works. It really does. I'll pass. Um, and Elizabeth, will you share with us, please? Hi, Elizabeth here, compulsive overeater. Um, Lynn, thank you for your share. I have a question for you. Um, I, I struggle a lot sometimes with asserting boundaries in a way that's not harmful. And, um, one of my character defects is not speaking up for myself, but at the same time, sometimes in the past I have cause people harm because the way in which I speak is so emotionally intense. Um, yeah. So sometimes it's hard for me to know if I'm being selfish or if I'm doing the right thing by sticking up for myself. So I wondered if you have any perspective on how to navigate that. Thank you for your question, Elizabeth. And um, assuming that if we take it through, you know, step 11 first to, uh, you know, make sure I've identified my part and my corrective measures, you know, to anything, any part that I could be playing in the situation. And then using a sponsor, uh, things like that to help decide what a reasonable boundary might be and how you might say it. And most importantly, I couldn't agree more with letting, if you let it build up, which I have experienced, by the time I say it, I kind of like flip out, you know, because it's, I waited and it's gotten so powerful. So that, that is definitely a hazard of, of not, you know, speaking to the person. But finding the gentlest way, you know, and practicing that ahead of time of what you, what you really want. What is it that you really want the person to do? Or what area are they really coming over the line? And um, start by saying what you can and see if it works. 
And you have to kind of like be working with someone, you know, to this is what happened. I want to say something now, you know, what setting will that be in? Like, what, what will it look like? And going through it. And then if that doesn't work, you know, what might I say next? Because a lot of times, the first time we set a boundary, the reason why it's an issue is because it doesn't work. You know, so it, it, it ends up being like a process. But the first thing definitely is to, you know, work work your 11 steps to make sure you got the picture of, of yourself in any way you're involved um, out of the way. And then you could see the problem more clearly. I hope that's helpful to you. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, Maureen, you're up. You should be good. Okay, I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. For some reason, it wasn't working. Hi, I'm Maureen. I'm a compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Thank you so much, Lynn. Um, it, you know, I I don't hear many leads about this area, um, uh, the relationships. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm grateful to hear that today. And the two things that um I really that really spoke to me is when you talked about knowing somebody's Achilles heel and protecting that, as opposed to you know, I I I. I hope I don't do this anymore, but of course, you know, when I've put myself in a position to be hurt, you know, I know it's, I'm putting myself in a position to be hurt or whatever. Sometimes my mind goes to, you know, how can I like, you know, before I do the work on it and, and sometimes, you know, about, well, you, they shouldn't be thinking this way because of X, Y, Z. And it was just a good reminder talking about, you know, caring for someone and knowing where, you know, where they're weak in the knees and, and where they, you know, they're most vulnerable. Um, what kind of person am I if, if I were to target that, you know? Um, so when I think about, and especially with people, that uh, I am close to, um, especially with family. Uh, I know sometimes it's easy to to say things, you know, to family members uh, in a rash way. Um, but it's a, you know, what you said is a very good reminder of what. First of all, what I'm not not to do is to go go towards that. And the second thing is, you know. Protect it like a child, you know, protect it like, you know, it's something, it's something precious that, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to, uh, to shatter, you know, like that person you wouldn't want to shatter. Anyway, um, I'm rambling on a little bit. I'm a little bit tired, but the other thing that you had mentioned was, you know, about work. I'm starting a new position tomorrow. And, um, you know, I needed to hear that. Uh, I do have a have, uh, do have a habit of trying to control things 
with my stomach, <laughs> you know, steer things. Um, and I'm in a, I'm in a, um, position of sales that, uh, if something goes wrong, I actually physically have to pay for it, you know? So there is that element of trying to be perfectionistic, but I'm trying to walk through it much differently than I have in the past and very much giving over to my higher power and knowing that I am just, okay. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Dana, you are up. Thank you so much for your share. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, I love the simplicity of your share. Um, and I think a lot of the things you talked about are the easiest to forget, even though they're they're pretty basic. Um, I, let's see, hold on a second. I took some notes. Um, I, I don't want to repeat what someone else said, but I wanted to, I will echo the, I really love the idea of protecting the Achilles heel, um, and honoring that, um, as someone who knows that about another person, it's my job to, to honor and protect, not to use, um, against them. And um, I love that you said, I no longer give adult kids unsolicited advice. Um, I think that that's one of the hardest things to remember as a parent. Um, and I think it's one of the most important things to remember in terms of respect um, for other adults, whether or not you raise them, they're still adults. Um, and um, finally, I just really appreciated your celebration of your um, partner's kindness and, and how you see that as such an important and beautiful characteristic. And, um, it made me feel like really kind of the undertone of your whole, uh, discussion was to lead with kindness, basically that in relationships, we, we need to lead with kindness, lead with the heart. Um, and I think those are, you know, they're really basic, hard things to remember. So thank you for your share. Thank you, Dana. Cindy F., please share with us. Hey, everyone. My name is Cindy. I'm recovered compulsive overeater for today only. Um, where are you, Lynn? That was a beautiful share. And I, I, I really love that you talked about your relationships. And I was sitting here thinking, I, I had such a tough week at work last week. And even, you know, this disease of compulsive overeating, I, I'm recovered physically, but I will never recover mentally. I won't. It's it's in my brain. I And I do get better. I'm better than I was when I came in the rooms and two years ago. But um, there's just times, though, like this past week where I know love and tolerance is our code. I know that. And, um, but there's just like, sometimes I roll into the bedevilments and I feel like I'm floundering. And so you talked about living in um, the spiritual principles. And I had a question for you, like, 
how how do you do that when you're faced with really challenge? And my issues always seem to be with coworker, not coworkers, one coworker. <laughs> and um, you know, and I heard a podcast recently where this gentleman shared, and he said, "I I pray, Lord, that you keep me." in this situation until I learn the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. And that's been my prayer lately that I learned that, but man, it feels crappy. And I, a lot of the shares resonated about um, just doing what you don't want to do and what you want to do. I can't do. And, and I, I'm just so powerless, but I'll, I'll quit rambling and let you answer my question. So I would appreciate any insight on that. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Cindy. Um, I don't know if any, I heard at a meeting this week, there's always someone in your life that's uh, spiritual sandpaper, smoothing us down. (laughs) And that was a good one. I hadn't heard that before. And Yes, our attention is drawn to that person. I always used the God box um, for that. Put that person at a work God box. So I had to put their name in, in the God box by code because I got the name and refine my God box. I <laughs> all these names in there. But um, definitely that. And then... I also began to watch how other people responded to that person. Some people did better than I did. Some people did worse than me. And um, the thing that I said about finding a common thread with them, trying to find one little teeny thing that I have in common with them, anything will help. And um and also using my on awakening. Like let's just say the person's name is I don't know, Susie Q. If I know that I'm gonna have interaction with that person today, as soon as my eyes pop open, I say, I could tell you right now, this uh Susie Q girl is gonna be there and I'm not gonna do well. I never do well. I never handle it. So I could give that to you right now, because I already know. You need to take it. You need to do it for me. You do point. So I said, you do point. I'll follow you. Because I can't handle that person. They're always there. Finding a common thread with them is very helpful. And um, even if, let's say, like they're a conscientious person. I mean, I worked in the medical field and I was an educator. If there were nurses there and I was working in the wound care field and I had to go into the critical care unit, there was literally nurses there that would rather take a bite out of me than let me look at their patient. And they used to stand by the door. And they're ferocious, really. So, um, but you know what I knew? In my heart, I knew that that person was a nurse. I knew in my heart, even though I couldn't see it, that that person loved and cared about her patient. And if I spoke to her heart 
the heart, I could get into that one. And I did. So, um, I don't know if any of that's helpful, but. Thank you, Lynn. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom host. Please stop the recording.